It's Tuesdays with Aaron. Here's Jason Wildey with Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers on ESPN Wisconsin. Bum, 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 Listen to me now and believe me later. It's the Aaron Rodgers show here to pump you up. Dude, I'm sorry. That is in my Saturday Night Live wheelhouse. And I know we got a lot of important stuff to talk about. That impression was in your wheelhouse. It was terrible. No, no, the actual ad (laughs) is in my wheelhouse. The Aaron Rodgers Show with Aaron Rodgers, Packers. Well, you're the demographic. Uh, I, old guys that uh, need insurance. Is guys that, that wear shorts. Yes. <laughs> all right. So we're, we'll talk about Seattle. We'll talk about the Jets. We'll talk about all those great things. But on Thursday, I'm sitting in my hotel room in the morning and I'm searching on the internet, which I hear it might slow down. Um, and I come across the new State Farm ad. And what what did you Google to find that? That's I may have gotten a tip from a mutual friend. Yeah, okay. Um, Continue. Good. That, uh, uh, as great as the Bears fans are and grill class and everything else, was that, A, a lot of fun, and, B, your favorite one so far? You've done a lot of different things, but. it's You know, it's so tough because there's so much fun. The, the crew uh, is just a blast to work with. There's actually a new crew this year. Uh, new director than we've had for the other ones, but you know each one has been so different from the uh, the original uh, to the one with BJ and and Clay, uh, the kids in the uh, in the school which we did right down here at Webster Elementary yeah. was a blast. Career day, obviously last year was fun. This this was great because you know what I just. The whole day had so much excitement and laughter in it. Uh, it was it was so enjoyable. Dana Carvey actually did the stand up for uh, uh, for Lake Tahoe this year, so he did a, a little bit which was uh, really funny. I hadn't heard his stand up in a while. Uh, really funny uh, impressions, voices. The the former, the first President Bush, he does really really well. And Dan Quayle happened to be sitting in the front row, so he did. I mean, half his show was this ad lib bit he did with Dan Quayle. And uh, and in the in the Bush voice, which was hilarious, and he actually referenced his excitement for the uh, for the commercial. Then Kevin Nealon plays in the Taliban every year, and I got to talk to him. Uh, you know, I, we became friends uh, the last few years, and and he he was so excited to do it. So so I was you know I was I felt good about that, that it was going to be a good day, but I had no idea what I was in store for. These guys were unbelievable from the minute we got there. Uh, almost in character the entire time and working on their bits as we were uh, getting makeup on or they were turning around or or there was a break in the in the filming uh, just their interactions with crew members and with the makeup artists and myself and it was just uh, really funny to to just watch them in their element and then to try and keep a straight face as this was going on with uh, a whole cast of characters in that initial scene behind us. Uh, the one guy that looks like a macho man, Randy Savage, he's in the the uh, pink uh, bandana and the blue suit. Uh, I actually referenced that um, during a break in the, in the film early on. He said he played, he's played macho man four or five times in various various things. So that was enjoyable. But uh, but Kevin and Dana were really professional and, and uh, so much fun. And there's there's more to come with. Uh, with that and with uh, another uh, former SNL skit. So I'm excited about this year. State Farm has been such a great partner, and we've loved uh, doing those commercials together. And 
it's just fun to be able to work with uh, so many talented people from the crew to the to the actors and to be able to produce a good product. Um, one more, I want to ask one other thing, and then we'll get to get to work here. But is there any chance Celebrity Jeopardy could be in the mix? I love Daryl Hammond as <laughs> Sean Connery. <laughs> any chance? Can you put in a word? It's it's one of my all time favorite skits, so it, it would be it would be up there. But uh, these two this year um, were an absolute blast, and I can't wait to uh, see some more. All right, let's 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 talk about the game. Um, you've talked many times in the past about moving on after a game, whether it's a win or a loss. When it's the opener and you put so much into it all off season, and you want to get off to a good start, is it any tougher to move on? And and how do you go about that process? Taking my gum out. Uh, I told you not to chew that. I told you that gum was really old. It was really good. It was really good. Lost its flavor fairly quickly. Yes. Uh, you know what? It, it, you, you learn to, to move forward. Uh, you know, it's it's tough because it would have been such a incredible weekend had we had we won. You know, we got some days off and you know get to revel in a, in an opening victory. But that wasn't the case. We uh, all three phases. You know, we got beat. Didn't play our best and. It is frustrating, but, you know, you have to realize it's one week, and uh, it's a tough environment to play in. You know, we talk every year about uh, trying to be 8-0 at home and, and trying to, you know, split your road games. That's 12-4. You know, that could be a first-round bye. That's probably winning your division, and obviously winning our division is our is our number one goal. Two teams in our division won this week and two lost. So we're uh, one back in the division, one game in, and, and we know we got to improve. Um Jill submitted an Ask Aaron question, but I think it makes more sense here. Um, as a leader, how do you now balance this week? How do you balance kind of the corrections and <clears throat> addressing the mistakes or the issues with also, you know, being upbeat and making sure guys move on and you, you don't let this loss beat you twice, I guess? Well, you just have to have to be yourself. That's that's kind of in our makeup and, and in my makeup as a leader is, you know, you have to be able to move forward and move on. And, uh uh, you know, by the time we we got to Friday, a lot of us were in there working out uh, on Friday, and we you know we talked about it. We talked about the mistakes and and the and the frustrations, and we we moved forward. We started uh, starting the Jets, so they played uh, Oakland this week, and they're a very well coached team and a talented ball ball club. And uh, you know, it's going to be important for us to to put our uh, our best foot forward this week. You um. How do you, how do you assess how you played? I thought one of the interesting statistics was, you know, you had a high completion percentage, but I mean, you're a guy who I think your career yards per attempt is 8.2. Your MVP season it was 9.2, and it was like 5.4 on uh, on Thursday night. How do, how do you assess how you played, and then specifically about the offense and maybe what you could and couldn't get going? Well, if you look at the uh, the average per attempt, I, I would guess it's pretty similar to two years ago. You know, it's not a it's not a group that gives up uh, a lot of great days passing the football. Um, you know, frustration is is the turnover, uh, and obviously the fumble for a safety. Uh, those are um, those are frustrating plays. But uh, yeah, you have to you have to move on and, and improve. It wasn't our best game all around. I didn't obviously didn't play my best game, and um, you'd like to. Have have a couple plays back, regardless of the outcome of the game. But uh, you know, we had some chances. We had some chances uh, on some explosive gains and didn't uh, didn't come up with it. And we had some chances uh, to put more points on the board and didn't do it. Um, the other thing that I think a lot of people were curious about was you guys' approach with Jarrett Boykin lining up on the right side against Richard Sherman. You didn't throw any passes over there. I know you looked there at times, not 
all that many times. What what was? Can you explain what went on there? Was that a game plan thing? Did you call plays where he was further down on the progressions? Was it a conscious decision not to go there? What what kind of happened? And and how by not using that third of the field, how does that affect your offense? Well, you know, I think it just comes down to matchups, and you know, we don't have. Uh, uh, specific uh, go-to receiver that we force it to. We never, never have in my time. That's just not how I play, and not how we uh, we script plays. You know, we script uh, you know plays where we read half the field, plays where we uh, read the entire field, plays where we go through a specific progression, um, and plays where we have a progression on one side and then a single receiver on the other side for some sort of uh, uh, one-on-one route. Uh, so it just depends on on game to game. Richard Sherman is a, is an exceptional player. I mean, he's a great corner and there's very few in the league uh, so that pl- that plays into it you know you don't you, there's certain routes that you feel maybe a little more comfortable than others throwing on him but um, you know when he's in man coverage he doesn't give up uh, give up a lot of plays and when they play their their one high zone they get some uh, some flat defenders who drop out uh, pretty wide so they do a great job of uh, of cluing on some of the seams and getting guys underneath routes and um, we like the matchup with Jordy on the left, um, you know, gave him a lot of opportunities. Looked, uh, looked the other side, you know, a few times, and just didn't have, uh, didn't have the right look to to throw it over there. You know, it's not about, uh, you know, it's it's nothing more than than uh, the way that we like to work matchups. It, you know, when uh, Cleveland came in here last year, uh, Joe Hayden, who's a who's an exceptional player, um, you know, he he went with Jordy on both sides of the field, and he had uh, Buster Screen was guarding. Uh, Jared for most of the night, and Jared got off to a good start, made a couple catches, right. and ended up having, uh, you know, I think, over 100 yards and yeah. a touchdown. And that's just the way it went. Jordy had, uh, you know, a couple catches uh, for less than 40 yards, I think, and that's just the way it went that night. You know, we liked the matchup on the other side. We threw Jared's way, you know, 10 or 12 times, and only threw Jordy's way a couple times. What uh, we most of us saw the conversation uh, <laughs> between you and Richard Sherman after the game. I have to admit, I chuckled at your one-word reply, which appeared to be "yep." Um, did you? Can you kind of share what that conversation was like? NBC kind of caught it as you were leaving the field. It looked like he sought you out, much like Michael Crabtree, but the uh, exchange might have been slightly more uh, amicable. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know exactly what you're referring to. I'm... It looked like maybe he said something like "you avoided me" or something like that. I, it was it was hard to read lips from the camera angle. But he... oh, I thought it was. I mean, I have a lot of respect for for him as a player. Um, I. I think I said, uh, I hope you get some work this year. Uh, because, yeah, I, I, at that point, I knew that we didn't really look his side or throw his side. Uh, um, and I just, you know, said that to him, and I think we kind of laughed about it, and uh, we went on the way. I mean, I, I have a respect for, for him and the way he plays, and uh, you know, not a lot of people throw on him, and he's, he's had a ton of interceptions. So you got to give him uh, the respect that he's due. Um, and obviously he got the contract he deserved, but uh, – but, yeah, I mean, there's always interesting conversations after the game. I bet. Um, what did you think of the way Corey Lindsley played? That was uh, You were um, very pleased with where J.C. Treader was throughout camp, and he got thrown into not only a tough situation the last week of camp, but then has to make his debut under those conditions. Yeah, Corey did a great job. I mean, he played uh, really well. He's a tough guy, and, and uh, you know, he made some, uh, some really nice physical plays, and then mentally you know, did a good job with... Uh, uh, you know, with some of the declarations and um, be on the same page. A couple times, uh, he wasn't quite looking for my for my foot tap at, at, uh, when I was in the shotgun, but uh, but overall, I think he played uh, really really well. Uh, not not 
so well that it was surprising. You know, I mean, I, I think we all expected, and I said this on the show, we expect him to play well. I mean, Corey has played a lot of football at center and and uh, had showed us, uh, you know, a lot of things in practice that you get excited about. So, so we were proud of Corey, but it wasn't like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. You know, it was there was an expectation he was going to play well, and he played well. You had kind of said that about Treader during camp too. That when somebody asked you if you were surprised, you said that would be disrespectful of him, and you felt the same way about about Lindsley. I did, yeah. I think he did really good. Uh, we had a, a fun little uh, interaction there when uh, when I called timeout. Um, All right, I want to ask you about that now because I, I, now Tom Brady has done it and gotten criticized for it. I've seen Peyton Manning do it. Some quarterbacks do, some quarterbacks don't. But you 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 got on him a little bit uh, about that. And I, from where I was sitting, my thought is, if I'm him, I don't deal well with that. Like if you want to motivate me, you tell me, Jason. I'm so disappointed in you, which you frequently are. Um, but he seems to be the kind of guy that you chew his butt a little bit, and he responds fine. Do you have to choose how you approach each guy differently? Are there guys that you can do that to and guys that you shouldn't? Take me kind of through that a little bit. Well, I mean, that's a moment that I don't think you're, as a leader, you're, you're wearing as a badge of, of honor there. I mean, that's not uh, the greatest moment. That's a frustrated moment where you happen to use the timeout. Um, it, goes, it goes back to uh, trying to play a little bit a little bit quicker, uh, but he just wasn't ready for. Um, for he, I think he was trying to make a call, and I just reminded him that he needed to snap the ball um, uh, when I am asking for it with my foot. Um, and in a loud environment, sometimes you have to yell those things. But uh, you know, Corey takes it the right way. He's he's a he's a football player, and and he uh, is a talented guy. And I'm I'm proud of the way he played, and and, uh, and he knows what he's doing out there. So do you get mad when, like, your wide receivers, like, throw their arms up because you didn't throw the ball to them or anything like that? Does that bother you at all? Uh, if it's demonstrative, um, I think, you know, I think, you know, the film might bear it out differently at, at some points, but uh, there were times early in my starting career where I, I would, uh, you know, yell at a guy. Uh, and other than maybe yelling at James when he kind of, ran a really poor route uh you know i, I don't like I to show that. those guys up too much right. uh, on the field I, and uh and i expect the same from them did you see the catch james had on the touchdown unbelievable i was just actually just uh we we're re-watching that uh, that film and uh i texted him and said that uh, we were really impressed with his vertical leap on the play uh, just kind of teasing about that but it was an unbelievable catch i didn't see it in lifetime, and I got like three texts from people like James just made the catch of the year, right. um, and it was unbelievable. And Charles had a pick in that game. I so know your friends with. I know they lost. But, yeah. um, you will see a lot of them as you're watching film. I suppose yes, we will. this week. Um, the other thing I, I have to ask you about because obviously it's the it's the big news in the NFL um, is the Ray Rice situation. Um, you have been uh, outspoken at times about things that have gone on in this league and. I think that's what comes with being a prominent figure in this league. What did you think of how that whole thing has played out? Well, I, I think that you know everybody who saw the video is is uh, shocked. I think you know like th- there was a an idea about what happened based on the uh, the video that we had seen right. when it first happened, um, and I you know a lot of people have have talked about the comparison between the two game suspension for for Ray and then a full season for Josh for. Uh, for marijuana use, and the commissioners actually addressed uh, some things in, in reference to marijuana use um, over over the last year, I believe. But uh, 
You know, I thought, uh, as as most people did, I thought that that was, um, you know, uh, maybe a lenient suspension. At first, the commissioner ended up saying as much, um, and then the video comes out, and and uh, I don't. There weren't many people. I don't think we were surprised by by the the final outcome. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's tough. You know, domestic abuse. Uh, you know, somebody I think somebody was saying it happens once every forty something seconds or something in the country, and that's just really uncalled for. And uh, is it possible that and and this this is a very small silver lining on a pretty ugly situation but is it possible that something this high profile leads to more conversation about what you just said i mean i don't think a lot of people probably realize that statistic and we're having a conversation on your show about something that we would have never talked about yeah i didn't realize that either and i also uh, had heard another stat about 35 percent of the fan base of the nfl being women and i think as the league obviously it was important to send um to, to have the right kind of message come out of this that we're you know we're for the uh the um the correct treatment of women and then we want to um we're not going to condone acts like this and i think that was the right thing to do let's uh let's go inside the helmet to talk about a few of the games f- from the plays from the game on thursday night the first one and i know that it didn't end up the way uh you wanted it to um, and you said you missed the spot on the interception by a foot, but I wanted to ask you about a couple other Jordy plays. The one where it's the deep ball where you're rolling to your right mm-hmm. and you throw it, what did it go, 55 yards in the air? Um, I mean, I know, again, the outcome wasn't what you wanted. It got broken up, might have been intercepted potentially, but how hard of a throw is that? And is that an instance where you're thinking, i got to take a shot here the way the game's going? Take us through that play. Yeah, there was just a, a breakdown uh, there on the play, and, and uh, was able to get out of the pocket. Um, and then he he just kind of flashed on me uh, as he kind of wheeled out to the left, um, and you know felt good about the the fact that there was nobody in that area. You know, it was a it was a one on one, a fifty fifty ball, and just underthrew it slightly. Yeah. Um, that is a, d- a difficult throw. Your body's going to the right, and you're throwing back to the left. Uh, and in in many cases, not. Uh, not a high percentage throw, or not one that's, um, you know, you know, wanted by your coaching staff. But I think in that situation, you know, why is it not? Because well, there's there's some the there's some or? mortal sins of the quarterback, and uh, late down the middle is one of them. Um, I've seen criticism of you that you don't take enough of those mortal sin risks, and that's why your comeback numbers aren't as good as they they need to be, or whatever. I mean, is that? I mean, how do you weigh? When to do that? I mean, that's what you did in that instant, right? You weighed the risk versus the potential reward. Yeah, it's it's trying to throw high percentage passes. You know, give your give your guys the best opportunity for a completion, uh, and try and throw it to your guys. In that situation, uh, yeah, I felt good about uh, the decision. Uh, with uh, you know, Thomas was off the hash; he was front side, and we had a one on one. And uh, if the ball's out there another couple yards, it uh, had the potential to be a, a big play. Right. You know, we had a similar one with uh, with Randall that went for a you know forty plus yard uh, pass interference. Right. So um, that is a you underthrew it, but I mean you got about as much on it as you could given the. I had a little more. Yeah, I yeah that was more of a uh, um, an aimed throw and then. Really? Uh, you know, all you got throw. Okay. Now a throw I had against San Diego a few years back, where I rolled to the right through the Jordy. That was uh, a spot. You're throwing to a spot, but that was 
giving giving it all you can. You're showing one. off again. I love it when you do that. Um, another one of the players. Um, before I, I want to sneak one in. Um, Jordy said about that play that that was one of those couple instances where you guys are always on the same page and you weren't quite on the same page there. He felt like he needed to take that route a little differently. What about when um, he took it upfield and you mm. thought he was going to stay put? You guys usually have that telepathy. That doesn't happen. I think that he felt the timing of it that it was time to go. Yeah. Uh, and I wasn't upset about that at all. I mean, I, he's such an uh, intelligent player and has such great reactions. Uh We'd actually talked about a similar situation to that during the week. Now, we talked about me being out clean and him uh, feeling the time clock and then taking it up if right. he feels it. Uh, so I don't you know, I don't have a problem with, with what he did. Now, you know, he, he's probably bummed he didn't keep his eyes on me longer. But, um, but I think, you know, he, he makes incredible reactions. The last thing that I want to do is micromanage those reactions because we've had so many great plays come from, uh, you know, be on the same page and, and – me reading his body language and him doing the same. Uh, two more plays that we wanted to get to. First one, um, it's just before halftime. You've got third and four from the Seattle 45. Uh, you step up, and it looks like you might run, and then you threw to Jordy, and you missed him. High. Yeah. High. Um, live, it looked like you might have been able to run for the four yards. On tape, it looks like they would have gotten you. So They would have gotten me. Yeah, take, me, yeah. take us through that play a little bit. Yeah, you know, we had uh, – we had a three-receiver route coming kind of from the backside, and we're looking to hit the middle. Uh, but we timing-wise, it didn't quite time up, and I was able to get uh, get out free. They ran a stun up front. And as I moved, I was keeping my eyes down the field and didn't really have anywhere to go with it. And I thought about running last minute. I saw, I saw Jordy on the sideline, and somebody kind of nipped my heel from behind. And, uh, you know, obviously I threw it over his head by about five feet. Um, didn't think I was going to be able to run for it. Okay, uh, that was for sure. And I knew that I was uh, very close to the line of scrimmage, but but I also know the rule that uh, if any part of your body is at or behind the line, then it's not a um, pass from beyond the line of scrimmage. It's right. a go forward pass. So I had an idea where I was and, and knew I had uh, had the ability to throw from Especially there. Especially with the way with their team speed, they close pretty quickly. You know that you're not getting the four yards you need there. Yeah. Um, the other, I think 31 was closing fast, too. Yeah, uh, and he hits hard. Yeah. Um, the last one I wanted to ask you about was it's third and 12 from your own 31. Now, the drive ends with the fourth down sack. Um, but you hit Randall for 23 there, and I, I thought that was probably one of your best plays of the of the game. What kind of take us through that one? Yeah, it's a play we talked about uh, a couple days before. Who's we? Well, we. You not know. you and I. No, not no. We, you know, me, the, the editorial, the, the royal we. <laughs> okay. That was a little big Lebowski for you. That was good. No, it yeah. works. Uh, yeah, he's just running a, an, in, an in cut, and they played zone coverage, and I just had to, was actually able to move to my left a little bit. And sometimes when you move to your left, uh, you get a natural um, eye control on defender because they're thinking that something's going to be thrown outside to the left if you're moving to the left. Uh, thankfully, we had uh, enough. Um, Guys on the right run their routes to hold uh, any coverage element, and was able to uh, to slightly look off the backer and hit Randall in a good spot and uh, have a good conversion there. Are those um those fades to him? You tried two of them during the game. Are those tough throws? Like it looked like you kind of put them exactly the only place you could put them, and he went up with one hand and couldn't come down with them. Are those tough plays to make? Kind of where you're at in the field, or 
would you like to have thrown them differently or no? And I, f- I felt good about both the throws. Uh, those are ones that we uh, we'd like to we'd like to complete. You know, those are ones that uh, tight coverage. But uh, uh, I think I think one of them he he said he he kind of lost in the lights there. But um, but yeah, you know we're gonna we're gonna take those shots and and. Uh, we usually come up with those. Let's look ahead to the Jets. What do you see on film from them? This is, uh, you know, what do you guys call it? An uncommon opponent. You don't see them very often. You saw what do you mean, you guys? Um, Mike McCarthy calls okay. them that. Maybe you don't. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to fold you in there. But um, last time you saw him was in the Super Bowl year, right? When you guys yeah. won nine to nothing. Yeah, we we had a great offensive day that day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this is it's a, a long time ago. Man. Yeah, the very well coached team. You know, they always have. Uh, um, you know, some really elaborate schemes, but also some really intelligent ones. You know, they're going to give you different looks um, and different uh, pressures or coverages out of the same look, which is always, uh, you know, a scheme that uh, is tough to play against. Um, you know, Rex has done a great job, uh, you know, getting his getting his defenses uh, to play the way he wants them to over right. the years. And I have a lot of respect for the job that he's done. Um, he's he's passionate. You, you see it on the film when you watch on the radio. He's passionate about uh about his players and his defense, they played really well. They held them to you know 14 points. They gave um, uh, Carr a lot of different looks with their pressures, and and uh, and then they covered well on the back end. I think uh, uh, their corner is going to be back this week from his ankle injury. Uh, he's a talented guy, uh, so they they throw a lot of different personnel groups at you and and uh, and looks up front as we saw a few years back when we played them. Uh, you know they did a good job of keeping us off balance and. And covering really well, so it's going to be uh, going to be a tough test for us. We're going to, you know, try and run our offense uh, a little more efficiently this week, and um, try and uh, try and score some points. Let's get to the Ask Aaron questions. I know this is your favorite part of the show, and. You get the best questions of. Uh, Are you saying your to the audience? Or no, that me? was not the royal your. That means you. Okay. Um, the uh, you can submit your questions via the hashtag AskAaron via Twitter. You can email them to me. Uh, we'll start with Molly, since this is going to be the home opener this week. What is a highlight or your favorite part of the opening game at Lambeau each season? Is there anything in particular that stands out to you? Well, there's a sweet picture from a few years back when we had the first game in football against the Saints. Uh, and I, I don't know if you can buy the pro shop. I feel like you can, but it's it's the stadium, and everybody's holding up those cards. So it's like a flag in the stadium yeah. with the Jets overhead. And I just remember that moment was just a really uh, special moment, just to look around and see and feel the excitement. They had just uh, unveiled the uh, the numbers on the on the stadium and. Um, yeah, that was a special, special time uh, to be uh, to be at Lambeau Field. Uh, it's always, you know, we have three thirty games. So we got a, you know one of the primetime slots there, uh, which is which is great. Uh, it's going to be a CBS crew, which is different, um, but uh, but always always enjoyable with uh, with production meetings with guys you don't get to see all the time. I was going to say you're not watching the game on TV, so you must be referring to the production meetings. Production yeah, it's, meetings it's the night before because we're we're Fox so many times, um, so it's it's fun to see some of the CBS guys, but. Um, but you know, game day at, at Lambo is is an experience, and uh, I know uh, when I have friends in town, they always want to go walk around the tailgates, and they're they're just amazed by the uh, the generosity of people who just say, "Hey, come, you know, come have, have a, a broad over here, yeah. come have a MGD, you know, or High Life, <laughs> you know, a champagne of beers, uh, <laughs> or PBR, which I think is your favorite there." Um, 
I, whatever it is, it's probably got too many calories. Yes, in it. probably. But uh, but no, it's a special it's a special place to play, and and it's always fun for me when, to to get off on Lombardi and then coming down the street and you can just see the tailgates going and the and the and the kids playing the football and smoke coming off of the grills and stuff. It's just it's something uh, I'll never forget. And to get in the stadium. Uh, introduction is always a special moment, uh, especially the first first game of the year. So we know you're a Ford truck guy. Do people do they recognize you as you're driving to the stadium? Do you get the horn? Do you see people waving? What kind of? I've always wondered that when you come to a home game, you're driving yourself. You're not on a team bus like the road games. Yeah, they recognize you. Yeah, yeah. We pull into the pull on the into the players on the way to the players parking lot there. That you know, it's always lined up there and. Really, I, I'm on the. Other, we go in on the other side of the stadium. So I'm oh, okay, yeah, it's always lined up. So they uh, are always cheering and yelling for you and and yelling at you from outside the gate with encouragement. Um, haven't got any, uh, you know, anything thrown on my vehicle as of yet. So I think that means because we've been winning a lot. It's not 2008 anymore. So uh, hopefully that that stays the same way. Uh, the next one, we I actually got two of these. They're not really questions they're both thank yous uh one from tatiana and one from sid um tatiana said she went you mentioned a few restaurants last year in san diego that you liked i think that was sid's question um she wanted to thank you for those she was there on vacation in march and she enjoyed claire's and jake's del mar uh and sid just finished she she took the suggestions and she made it like the aaron Rodgers food tour and she went to all those restaurants so my Additional question, since I just wanted to thank you, is did you discover any new restaurants this off season that you'd like to add to the tour? I, I don't know. I, I will say that I got to meet the actual Claire, which was exciting, and and she has heard of uh, you know me mentioning on the show okay. through somebody. Now I'm know. picturing Claire as like this 80 year old woman who started the restaurant. Is that not the case? That's not the case. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but they are serving dinner now. Which is uh, which is wonderful, um, and I went there many times this off season. Uh, on those days, I had to for sure do a very difficult workout with some yoga uh, because I love the cinnamon pancakes with uh, with peanut butter. Um, Eighty twenty rule. Yes, but you have to balance that with going down to uh, you know core power okay. yoga. Yeah. yeah, downward dog or whatever the heck it is. Warrior you do. two. Yeah. Uh, Kay says. Do you get any say in the music that gets played at practices or during the games? That's a good question. No. Who's in charge? It's a very interesting mix, and I thought it was interesting the different music that was played when the fans were at practice and training camp and some of the songs that were played when you guys had closed practices. That, I, you know what, I don't know if I can say his name, because last time I did on this show, there was a similar question, and and he thought I'd kind of put him on blast, as the, as the kids say these days. Put him on? I don't know what that means. I don't either. <laughs> but he has kids, so I guess that's he knows. But Matt Klein, uh, he, he picks. I don't want to name him, but his name is Matt Klein. Uh, he has a lot to do with it. He takes suggestions. Okay. But he has a lot to do with the, with the songs. Does um, does the play and the music during practice, does that replicate the crowd noise? I mean, is it helping you in practice? Do you like it, or would you? I like it a lot. I think it's. I think it's great. I think it brings just a little extra energy, especially if it's a song you know. The coaches, you know, they tend to enjoy maybe some of the '70s and '80s stuff. I'm, as you know, I'm a, I'm a '90s man. Yes, um, '90s on nine. Yeah, uh, but then you know, there's there's some young guys who enjoy some of the some of the newer stuff, and then there's the you know the 
Brett Goods that, that just want to hear some uh, Waylon Jennings, Jennings or, or uh, Hank Williams or, you know, whoever it might be, Rodney Rogers. Sup, I'm your new dad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last couple ones we've got. One from Adam, uh, UK fan here. Do you want to play a game in London? We've talked about this before. Um, he said the rumor there is that you'll play the Jags in London in 2016. Awesome. Would love to. Yeah. Have yeah. you been there no. before? No. No. Would love to. It's a long road trip for a game, but pretty cool stuff that you get to do during the week. That's what appeals to you. Yeah, maybe go to a 1D show. I don't know what that One is. One Direction. Oh. Did you see that Harry was at the game? Uh, yeah. Well, I, I thought maybe you'd go see your lookalike guy who also lives there. I saw him, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, last three. Liz says, I'm a te- I, I teach high school sports stats class. I didn't know they had sports stats. Which statistics, yours or your opponents, do you look at or analyze in your preparation? Situational stats. Third down percentages and red, red zone? zone. Red zone percentages, yeah. Stats. You knew last week before you played the Seahawks that last year they were the best in the league. Right. Um, so when you have a play like the one with Jordy where you felt like you should have thrown the touchdown, that those are opportunities you can't miss against the defense that's that good in that area right yeah we were two for three in the red zone which is which is good yeah uh three for three would have been better, better. obviously yeah um and then third down they were uh they were very good last year we were six for 12 so situationally we actually uh hit some of our marks but uh that's about the only places we did <laughs> uh last two katie says who is winning the twitter battle between you and tom crabtree i think i won i i it's over now, I right? Straw, I mean, you're done. There was a straw poll at times during the off season that, uh, and and I think, yeah, Tom is a tough competitor. I'll give him that. He's a real tough competitor. Uh, some of my, you know, my favorite ones though, and I'll just, you know, I'll reveal this in case people didn't know this, but every now and then I will fake retweet PETA. Um, and so I did that a couple of times, and the responses were uh, really funny. Uh, Tom posted pictures of his animals. If he got to 100,000 and and he blurred out the private areas, <laughs> and, I, and I fake retweeted PETA that PETA had said, like, hey, we're monitoring your your uh, your Twitter uh, page. And, we don't <laughs> and the responses from people were... So priceless. I mean, t- I would screenshot some of them and send them uh, to Krabby, and he would do the same back. But, uh, you know, I, I, I miss Krab. Krab is a great friend, and, and uh, we had a lot of fun playing together. Um, and it's it was fun to be able to uh, do the ice bucket challenge with him and then see him and his kids uh, doing it uh, doing it back. But uh, but he, he likes to have a good time. Do you uh, – I know you have, you know, Ravel Martin, uh, James Jones. You just said you were texting. Do you – you make a conscious effort to keep in touch with your closest friends, even when they stop playing with you. I mean, is that? Yeah, I like and, to. And I suppose it can be a challenge during the season. It is tough, else. yeah. And everybody's got lives. Our Rude just had another kid recently, and um, you know, but I talk to him every now and then. Corey Hall had a birthday recently. That, that helps. That's always a good excuse to right. get in touch with somebody. But but Corey's doing really well, um, and he was uh, one of one of my favorites. Um, got to see Tausch recently. Um, always enjoy seeing Tausch. Got to see Cliffy as well. Uh, pretty recently, so it's fun uh, keeping in touch with those guys. Tom, though, is, is definitely somebody I keep in touch with a lot, and and obviously Charles and and James and excuse me in, in Oakland, I talk to uh, quite a bit. Well, the speaking of Krabby, the last 
question comes from Richard, and it makes me think of Tom Crabtree. Do you want to come and see the Foo Fighters with me tomorrow night? <laughs> I don't know where they're playing, but Richard is looking. He must have an extra ticket for you. That that is one of uh, that is one of Crabby's bands. I mean, that's that may be his band, he, right? I, I think he other might than say Nickelback, the, the Silver Sun pickups are a hinder, maybe, but. Uh, but no, I would love to see uh, the Foo Fighters. Have you seen them before? I've seen them on Palladia. That's as close as you've come. Yes. At oh. Wembley. It was amazing. Well, maybe they can play in 2016 at Wembley when you're playing the Jaguars and then everything. Will well, be- I met I met uh, a couple of the band members this offseason. I feel like you told me that. Yeah, and I, I posted a picture of me and Taylor, uh, Taylor Hawkins. I did, I saw it. And that. people, when I said he was the, the GOAT drummer, uh, and people said he's not even the best drummer in his own band, which may be true because Grohl is one of the right. most amazing musicians ever. But Taylor Hawkins is pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, that'll uh, that'll do it for Ask Aaron. Remember, you can submit those questions next week as well. We'll be back for more of those. We'll be back for more discussion about the Packers and the Jets and look ahead to the Lions. Mm-hmm. We were talking to Josh Sitton yesterday, and he said, we got to move on to the next game. we got to get ready for the – who are we playing this week? <laughs> This is the Aaron Rodgers show.